the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things, put them in your brain. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And today we have a guest on our show named Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. Do you Hi, still Alex. go by do you still go by your DJ name, DJ Alman? Um no, I only did that on my radio shows on Chapman Radio, but not anymore. Oh, okay. You mean people people don't just call you that all the time? Nope, only on the radio. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> now, for you listeners who have been listening for a long time, you may recognize Alex from I think it was our seventh episode. <laughs> so I cool. came on twice, actually. Did you come on a second say, time? He came on to review the Daft Punk album with us. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, See, I don't, we've been funking for the, so long. That was over the summer or May or whenever it came out. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Well, apologies for that. I I guess we're getting old, or I am. No, you're just getting senile, Peter. Well, I guess it's kind of hand-in-hand. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> how's it been going, Alex, since we last spoke? Good. Busy, busy. Cool. Are you still working at uh, Toyota or wherever? Yeah. Nice. Still, still being a boss, plus my video game I'm making with my friends. Oh, yeah. Nice. How's that going? Haven't heard much Good. about it. It's going to be coming out this year. Nice. And it, I might as well do a plug for it. Um, yeah, it's go called Axle, A-X-L-E, like the car part. Look it up on Facebook. Cool. It's about gears. And yeah. it's really cute. We saw some demos of it. A while back, and it was adorable. So. Yeah, looks pretty cool. Uh, it's coming out for Android and iPhone. Nice. Sometimes. So you here. got you guys decided not to do it on the Oya. <laughs> oh no, it'll be on Oya as well as Windows 8 phone. But nice. Oh really? No one has an Oya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was like the biggest letdown I think of like the last video gaming year mm. was the Oya. So, Alex, since you're a gamer, have you jumped on the Xbox One or PS4 bandwagon? Yep, I got a PlayStation 4 at midnight Hell on yeah. November 15th. <laughs> okay, you're awesome. I thought you were an Xbox guy. Uh, I am, but this generation's Xbox is a disappointment because Microsoft's <laughs> um, messed up. That's fine. A lot. <laughs> They're kind of the devil now really cool i already beat my first game on it which was assassin's creed 4 black flag cool oh i need to play that still kai wants to be a pirate i was gonna get it during the steam sale but i didn't yes ps4 is awesome and i want one and stuff that's good i I neglected to ask santa claus for christmas because i kind of wanted to wait at least a couple of months till you know the first the games actually started coming out yeah that too (laughs) and the first round of bugs i know yeah a bunch of good games are supposed to come out in March, like Watch Dogs and stuff, so... Oh yeah, that looks really cool. A good time. The one game I'm looking forward to for PlayStation 4 that's coming out this year that has an announced date already is uh, Destiny. Oh, yeah. That comes out in September. For current-gen and next-gen consoles, so... Hmm. Really? Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3, yeah. That was my big, like, tear-up last year, was like, do I replace my PS3 because all these amazing games came out for it, like Last of Us and uh, Grand Theft Auto V, or do I wait and get a PS4? And since PS4 has that new system where you can play games online through that company they bought, Gaike, they I figured I'll just wait and get the PS4, and hopefully those games will end up on there soon. Yeah, PlayStation Now is the, sy- the system you're talking about. I, I heard cool. something on, at CES about it, 
and they said Last of Us was going to be one of the first games on there. So I'm stoked. Summer 2014. It's going to have. They're planning on having games from PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, and PlayStation Three. Oh, that's 3 cool. Oh god, that's gonna be amazing! I'm gonna get like all the PlayStation One games, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, and remember, it, they have to actually put them on the system for you to be able to play them. Kyle will just play whatever he wants. He'll just think of a game and he'll play it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that, that's that's one of the big things that kind of sold me. I like how this has turned into an episode of uh, Radio Free Zerg. Pretty much, yeah. Yes. <laughs> My old show about video games. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Indeed. So should we get on topic finally? <laughs> <laughs> After 12 I, minutes, yes. I, I hope our listeners enjoy video games. Um, if they don't, then, well, whatever. So, if, you don't, if you don't, then screw you. We're not quite so harsh with our listeners, but... Whatever. We are, or I am. We are, yeah, Kyle is. So, <laughs> if you don't like us, you can die. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Do <laughs> you have a Twitter, too? No, we don't. I think, uh, I think have, Kyle's had a few rants about Twitter. Already. We have a Spotify account where we make full-size playlists of our stuff, but no, we don't. Oh, yeah. well, Speaking well, of playlists... Oh, yeah, good good time. <laughs> so today, uh, guys, I thought it might be slightly interesting, hopefully, uh, to talk about the concept of musical playlists and how they've kind of evolved and how how we use them in different ways and stuff like that. So I thought maybe we would ask a couple of questions and start a discussion about... How, kind of how we use playlists and how they make us feel and and um, what what types of playlists we make as well. So so I guess for our first question, I'll just put out there for you guys is I was kind of thinking about this and I think you can in a way kind of narrow down all playlists into three categories. Uh, either they're one, they're based on a musical genre. So you're making, for example, an EDM playlist or jazz, something like that. Uh, two you would make a playlist for general emotion, say you want something that's happy and upbeat, or you want to compile music that's slow and chill out, you know, that type of stuff. Or three, you'd use a playlist for a specific activity, say you're working out or you're running, or, you know, if you need something while you're driving as well. So between those three types of playlists, maybe you guys can think of even more uh, types, which would you say you create the most in your experience? I would say, for me personally, I create most of my playlists based on genres, mm-hmm. only because I'm really weird with music and I like so many different genres that I like to separate them out, because usually different genres kind of work as different emotions for me. Mm-hmm. Like how you said you can create a playlist on emotions, those genres kind of represent those emotions, I think. Mm-hmm. So based on whatever I'm feeling, I feel like listening to a different genre. Right. Um, other than that, I have a couple that are like, you know, I had one that's like just instrumental for studying, mm. and then I have one that's like, has actually different um, songs that are like high BPM for exercising, and, mm-hmm. but that's about it. That's cool. How about you, Alex? I don't make a ton of different playlists, but sometimes situations will come up where I want to. For mm-hmm. example, I started working out again, and I was like, I need a workout playlist, <laughs> so I'll put that together. I like picked a lot of like EDM, but some mm-hmm. of it wasn't. Some of it was just upbeat like rock music, and right. um, but my main playlist that I usually add to is like the songs like get stuck in my head or my current favorite songs. Mm. Yeah, um, that's like massive. I've been adding that up all together since like high school, and I never I never like delete old songs off of it because sometimes I like to just shuffle a bunch of songs that I know I'll like. Do you ever take oh. songs off of it? Like, cause you no. say things that you like right now. Like, do you ever take stuff off? 
if no, you because get sick of it. It's nice being like like the nostalgia of it because mm -hmm. it's that that playlist is hundreds and hundreds of songs long now <laughs> that I like. I I don't take stuff off of it because if I shuffle it, it's gonna. It, I'm not gonna run into the same song over and over again. Right. Actually, I just checked. There's 662 songs on there. Wow. That's a lot of music. <laughs> and the, the first song I added to that playlist in high school was I Miss You from Blink-182. Oh, God. <laughs> that is straight-up nostalgia. <laughs> I think my biggest playlist, this is kind of, I guess, indicative of me, is I my biggest playlist is I have one that's just uh, Funk and Soul. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's built through Spotify. It's not, it's not, like, personally downloaded songs. But on that right. one, I have, I have 769 songs. <laughs> Gosh. I, I have 50 hours of funk, literally. 50? <laughs> That's cool. But the only, like, playlists I'm looking at here on Spotify that I have that are, like, emotional is I have one that's called Soft and Soothing, mm. which is like, you know, having your brain massaged by pretty sounds. <laughs> I have one that's kind of ambient. I mean, I, ambient can kind of be considered a genre or a feeling, but whatever. Yeah. And I have one that is, like, I have one that's happy music and one that's angry music. <laughs> angry music. I have an angry playlist. That's I don't awesome. know why I would want to evoke that person, that certain emotion through music, but <laughs> whatever. No, no, I, I totally understand that because, like, sometimes you'll just be like, uh, "F the world," and you just want to listen. Yeah, like a like a particularly bad day at work, and you want to listen to like Norwegian death metal or something. Nietzsche on the angry playlist. <laughs> yeah. Um, in my experience, I don't make a whole lot of playlists as well. Peter, this was yours. No, 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 no. I'm getting, I'm yet. getting to it. I don't. I'm saying I don't make a lot of them, but the few that I've made, I focus on a lot. For example, the one I've been using for gosh, probably over a year now, is what I call the Friday playlist, and basically that's the music I listen to in the car commuting only on Fridays. And I'm. It's kind of weird, but this, I only put songs on there that are only on that playlist. I can't listen to that music any other time, mm -hmm. which keeps that music special, I guess, so I don't get sick of it. Is it just like 500? repetitions of working for the weekend no, no that song is on the, that was one of the first songs of course on there, of course but um i think it's like over 50 songs now or so uh, obviously i've added to it a lot over time the last year or so um, but i've also removed some as well alex kind of like you were saying you know songs that you like at the time something i tend to do just out of habit for the last few years i've been doing like summer playlists either songs that i discover or new songs that come out that i like during that summer i usually uh, we'll create a playlist for that summer specifically. You know what I just realized that's kind of interesting is this: the concept itself of playlists is a really incredibly new invention mm -hmm. in music because until we kind of went more towards the digital route with CDs, mm -hmm. you couldn't make a playlist of stuff you had on vinyl or you had on the radio or whatever because right. the whole point is you listen to the whole album, but like after you were able to rip music digitally from CDs... People started, you know, making mixtapes and mix CDs, right. and then that obviously just evolved as music went more into the digital realm and Spotify and all that junk. As you bring that up, um, I was going to say, we have had playlists in the, like, version of a mixtape. A mixtape is a playlist. Right. Yeah. I had to, like, go through and record all of those onto a tape. Mm -hmm. It took way longer than a playlist, because a playlist you just drag and drop. Right. And oh yeah, I guess that's true. Like you could you could technically record the vinyl onto a cassette tape. It probably wouldn't sound really good, but yeah. So so cassette tapes that's technically when playlists start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good, good point. point. 
Could you? I wonder if you could have made uh, a playlist with an eight-track tape. It would be an eight-track playlist, but blank eight-track. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they have maybe because like they have blank of any format. But those were those didn't start until like the mid '60s. So. Right. Huh. Interesting. I don't know. I was just because this is nerdy, but Peter already knows. I have like a fairly large vinyl collection yeah. and I was just thinking I'm like I can't really listen to any of that on a playlist unless I want to take every vinyl out and play one song and that would be really tedious and boring yeah so. I mean that's a good point that I mean, yeah I guess we could say that basically mixtapes with cassettes is basically the start it's the of the, con- the, the concept that we now call the playlist wasn't it especially in the 90s wasn't it wasn't it always like sort of a trope that people would make playlists for like their crushes yeah and yeah, it was, it was like really important of like about what songs they choose. I remember yeah. that John Cusack movie High Fidelity. There was like a scene with that where he's like mm-hmm. talking about how important it is to choose songs for a playlist for your lover. Right. It was pretty funny. Actually, something I wanted to ask on that same line is whether it's I guess we'll call it a mixtape or you know a CD or even a, just a playlist as we know them now. Have you ever created one specifically for someone else rather than yourself? And if you did, was it harder? to think of those or did it take more work to think of the right songs if it was for someone else than it would be for yourself definitely yeah um i've i haven't done that a lot but when you at least when people are like asking hey i want some of this type of music and you're like oh i guess i have to put a playlist together for them and when you do that yeah you have to think about it. it's like what would they like what wouldn't they like or if they don't know yet and you're like showing them new music you're like okay what's stuff that's good because you know you may like an artist and make a like all of their music but not everyone else will right. so you have to like choose oh here's the music that was more accessible to this person and like for example one of my friends is really into country but she's trying to get more into EDM and so I'm like thinking hmm what songs have like country-esque stuff in them mm. Like the new Avicii song, Wake Me Up, that's, you know, very country, so mm. I threw that at her. There's a really good Pretty Lights remix of Country Roads, by the way, if it's not, if you don't have that. Oh yeah, you played that on the EDM. I did, some way back when, yeah I did. That was a good song. Yeah, I, yeah I've, I've made a couple of playlists for other people, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to think like, okay, especially if they're asking me for music advice, like, what do I think that they would like based on what I like? Mm-hmm. Because there's some stuff that I like that probably no one else will because I'm weird. Um, <laughs> I think that's one of the things I like, especially when like you're getting to know somebody. Is it's really easy to get to know them based on their music preferences. Yeah. I always like, I always like discussing music and like what what genres do you like, what artists do you like, and then there's a lot you can share between that. So it's it's just a good way to, I guess, get to know people or even just meet people. It's almost like a good icebreaker in a way. If you yeah. want to learn each other's musical taste, you say. Here is my mixtape. Good luck finding <laughs> think, a cassette player. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you just go and hand them out like business cards, Peter. <laughs> the best thing is that people don't use cassettes anymore, right. like unless they're like super nostalgic. Um, right. But it, it well, was a cool concept with the whole mixtape thing. Yeah. It was, but wasn't wasn't cassette like kind of lauded as literally like the worst music format as far as quality, like worse than CDs, because the tape that they used was so. Thin well, CDs and small. are considered pretty good, yeah. So. Yeah, CDs are the highest digital quality you can get. It's like a, it's like flack or whatever. Yeah. But cassettes were worse than eight tracks because the actual tape was so thin it couldn't store a lot of information on it. At the so, at the expense of having it so small. At the exactly exactly. Okay, this is uh, you guys are probably not gonna have any idea what I'm talking about. Okay. 
but I remember in the late, late 90s, like, right before MP3s started to become big, mm-hmm. uh, it must have been, like, 98 or 99, okay. they had these little, I don't even know what you call them, like, little tiny, um... Oh, are you talking about hit clips? Yes! <laughs> Those little cartridges that you plug into that stupid little thing that looks like a tiny uh, cassette player, but it's basically like one song per cartridge. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know what you're talking about. It was like, you know, whatever the hits were back then, like NSYNC and Britney Spears. But wouldn't they only and play that, like 30 second clips of them? No, they would play They would play the full song, but it was just uh, one song. Right. <laughs> and you, each thing had, I'm just like, this is the stupidest thing in the world, even as a kid. <laughs> what was that called? I think it was hit called clips. Hit, hit Clips. It was uh, it was marketed towards like teeny bopper kids. Yeah. But it was basically like, you know, like those little the DS cartridges. It was about that size. Yeah, they were pretty small. But it just had one song on it, and you put it into this little device with earphones, and you listen to one song. Yeah. So if you wanted to like have a bunch of them, you have to have a bunch in your pocket or in a case or. Yeah. They, I think <laughs> they were. They were around for, like, maybe a year or two, and then iPod came out with the first iPod. Right. In what, like 2001 or something? Yeah. And that just completely changed just everything. changed everything, yeah. I remember by, by 2003 or four, I think I had, like, an iPod mini. Hmm. So, I was one of those early adopters, I guess. Well, that's pretty cool. When did you get your first iPod, Peter? And was it an iPod or was it an MP3 player? <laughs> yeah, was it like um, a San- Sanyo or something? I got one, maybe like 04-ish. I, I, I honestly don't remember. It might have been yeah. later than that. Yeah, same with me. I don't think it was earlier than that. Alex is like an Apple junkie, so he probably had the prototype. <laughs> no, I had an MP3 player first. Hmm. What? It was this little blue thing. I don't know. I don't remember what brand it was, but it was this little blue thing, and it only held like. 32 or 64 megabytes. <laughs> so like five songs. Yeah. No, it was more like 20 songs. So it was wow. like, it held two CDs. It held, a, it held a playlist. A small exactly. playlist. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it was. And it was this tiny little thing. And it kind of looked like a very early iPod. Like it had the little circle thing for the controls. Mm. But it was, you know, some other brand or whatever. Right. And then the iPod came out like around the same time. And I was like, I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the initial price of the original iPod, which I think was like 4 gigs or something, wasn't it like $400 or some crazy... I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was like three or $400. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess you can't say much because the current iPod Touch is pretty much the same, <laughs> but yeah. it has like 64 gigs of music, so... Right. You want to know what's funny? So, gosh, like 07 or something, I got that iPod, the, the iPod Color, the first regular one with a color screen, oh, yeah. and I gave my mini to my dad and like a year or two later I ended up smashing my <laughs> color one and I just saved up for a little bit and got the iPod touch because that was the first time that generation that came out oh, yeah. well my dad still had the iPod mini and when I was cleaning my room a couple months ago I found it and it still worked wow <laughs> I was amazed that's funny it's kind of one of those like you know they don't make technology like they used to kind of things can they even can it still interface with the PC I didn't I didn't try to plug it in but like I you know turned it on and it charged <laughs> I had to put it on the charger and it charged and it played the music still that's cool I think some of the songs may have like there may have been some like data corruption because some of them kind of like would try to play and then it wouldn't play so it would just go to the next song uh-huh. but the fact that it even turned on I was like amazed about or charge or yeah. hold a charge um I just looked it up you guys uh, yeah. the original iPod came out in October of 2001. 
It okay. was five gigs, only five. Okay. Because wow. their thing they were advertising was a thousand songs in your pocket. Oh, um, okay. And then uh, the price was four hundred dollars. Nice. Wow. Two thousand two, they came out with a ten gig version, which was five hundred dollars. Hmm. Although I know back then saying a thousand songs probably just blew people's minds because like you said alex the first one you had held two cds so yeah. do you guys remember when cds were still big you had those little like leather booklets that held a bunch of them yeah, that you would have yeah. to carry around with you because i totally had like one of those walkman things or whatever right <laughs> this is so stupid because I, I was a dumb dumb child the walkman i had had a little switch on the bottom that let you like turn the bass up louder mm. but i didn't realize it was bass so i'm like what is this bass function because <laughs> i was like that sounds I, familiar i think i did that too i was like eight yeah so i was like what does this have to do with fish <laughs> which was the first ipod each of you got uh, mine was the mini the, i got a silver iPod i think i got mini. the shuffle like the first generation of that which is really damn tiny I, I remember my school, like, as soon as the mini was popular, like, everyone became super snooty, and if you had a shuffle, you were, like, the poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, that means, I'm looking at this list, that means you got your, your mini in either 2004 or 2005? I think I got it for Christmas of 2004, if I remember. So, that, uh, that held four gigabytes, and it was $250. That's not bad. <laughs> for that, for 2004, that's not bad. And then what about you, Peter? Which one did I have? Oh, you got the shuffle, right? I think Peter I had was... the first generation shuffle first. Was, was that was... the one that looked like a little white pill? <laughs> or a little white square thing? It was the, the, the square one. It yeah, was it was the, the square one. It was before they had Oh. Yeah, that was in uh, probably 2005 as well. Yeah. Well, the thing with that is that it was basically like a really long CD. Because it could hold maybe... I don't, I don't remember how much space it had. Maybe like it a, was, uh, a couple gigs. Five, oh. 512 megabytes, I think. Either that or you got one. I think gig. I had one. It might have been a gig or so, but I think you could hold a few CDs worth. So that was kind of like one big long playlist because it wasn't like you could choose artists or anything. You basically could play or stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't you know the same thing what's, what's funny, and I don't get it, is that the fact that Apple still makes the shuffle. Like, is there really even a market for that anymore? Yeah, people that work out. I guess, yeah, but like... True. I don't know. I mean, if you if you work out, yeah, you can make a playlist and you can have it shuffle, but you can, if you even have the iPod Nano, you can listen to the songs individually if you want or see what's playing. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense, but it seems like so much more of a narrow market now than it probably was when it first came out. Yeah. Because even the Nano, even the iPod Nano has kind of become a lot less relevant with the advent of, you know, the iPhone yeah. and just even Android. Any Any phone you have can play music now. You know what's interesting? Uh, bringing this back to playlists. Yeah. The fact, the fact that like we're talking about like space-wise, digitally, like how many gigs you can hold, mm-hmm. and, and that means how many songs. It it's not the same for like the amount of songs for everyone. Um, because That's a good point. with the digital age, we can save audio in different formats, different quality. So you can have a low quality or a high quality or a wave versus a, an mp3 versus a flack and right. they take up different amounts of space yeah you can have way more songs if you're willing to have low quality while mm. comparing that to cds or uh cassettes there's the quality was constant it was only a, how much you could fit on one cassette or one cd based off of the you know amount of time that 
each song picks up. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would just like to point out that I hate that Apple doesn't play Flack. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they do now. Yeah, but probably they, will they in the didn't. future. Yeah. The uh, uh, that iTunes, the desktop player, can play Flack, but I don't know if the. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Uh, iTunes does, but the player doesn't. Bringing it back to where we were, maybe five ten minutes ago, <laughs> when we were talking about have you ever created a playlist for someone else? And you, and Alex, I think you were talking about people asking you for suggestions based on your musical tastes. Over the last maybe two years or so, my sister and I have tried it a few times where we're saying, oh, make me a CD out of music that you like, that you think I'll like. And we've tried it a few times, but I don't think it ever really works because we end up choosing stuff that we think they're like, but then we, they, they, they don't. Well, you need to like spend time like sharing music with them. Well, no, but we do. Like I put, I actually put a fair amount of thought into one of the, I think the first one that we did. It was, I was like, oh yeah, this this is similar to stuff that she likes, so I, you know, I'll put it. So I mean, there was thought and time put into it, but I think in the end, it's it's hard to do unless you have at least some common ground, which we don't. Are you guys just different strokes for different folks? Yeah, uh, to make it for to make a playlist for someone else, I think is really going to depend a lot, mostly on how open they are to your musical tastes, but also kind of going back to the very beginning where we were talking about how playlists are more than than just a genre; they're also used for different things like activities like Alex you were saying working out it, it depends partly on that as well so you need to know you know what they'll be using it for which is usually just regular listening it's not usually for anything in particular but it could be so uh, there are a lot of I would say factors to keep in mind um, another type of playlist just to like continue you're asking like what we make playlists for yeah um, another type I make is for uh, concerts like sometimes mm. like music festivals and it has multiple different artists that are going to be playing. And so to, like, get me and my friends that are going to get, like, hyped up or whatever, mm. we, uh, I pick certain artists that we're all into that we're actually planning on seeing there and then just pick their best songs. And then we have this playlist to listen to whenever we feel like it up until the event. And that's cool. Like, you're like, yeah, that's a good point. Like Coachella or something, you just pick a bunch of songs from the artists at Coachella. Right. I want to go to Coachella, Peter. Let's do that. I know. I want to go. I, I've never been. Fun. It still bums me out that you have to buy all three days. Like I. Oh, you do? I thought you only. I thought you no. could go to only one or two. No, you have to buy like the only round of tickets they have. Uh, so if you don't want to go all three days, it doesn't matter. You have to pay for all three days. How much is? How much are tickets? Oh God! Like probably a lot. Alex, how much are they now? Hundreds. Like, I don't know how much. Like, but... I, last time, last I saw, they were like two, like at least like two fifty, if not three hundred dollars. Wow. Jeez. And it's like, I look at their listing, and I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of artists playing on this day, and I want to see them, but I don't care about most of the ones playing this day. Yeah. Why they don't at least have it, like, broken up, kind of like Comic-Con does, where you could pay for individual days, you could pay for the whole time. Mm. That seems like that would bring in a lot more people for them, but I don't know. Actually, as, as far as Comic-Con goes, they're changing it this year, where you can't buy a four-day pass, you have to buy all four days individually. God, everybody sucks now. Well... <laughs> All that does is that means it's going to cost you slightly more. That's all it is. That's exactly. That's exactly why they did it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, slightly more yeah. for you is a lot more for them. Yeah, really. Why they're doing it is so that they can one get more money and two so that like they can have less people like doing all four days because they might sell out of one day and that person will then have to do three days or whatever. Oh, right. I see. I see. So it allows for more variance where they they everyone doesn't rush and get the four day one so. When they get one, if they're sold out of everything for, say, Thursday, Friday, or whatever they do it, then you could still do. Okay, I guess that makes sense, but 
it it's obvious it's an obvious money grab at the same time um by the way coachella tickets are three hundred and seventy five dollars oh my god okay is yeah there any, is, is, is is there anybody playing that's even like halfway decent this year because i saw some big names on there i wasn't impressed with last year's muse is playing i know that much uh oh one of the funny things i noticed as far as relating this to like this show mm-hmm. um they're going to have pharrell williams uh, yeah. um, you know who was on that daft punk song right. Lucky. and someone made a funny picture where it shows the lineup and then it like zooms in to his name and then zooms into the p and then zooms in further and you see this little supposedly hidden picture of daft punk's heads <laughs> that's funny. saying that oh maybe daft punk will have a surprise appearance probably not <laughs> It says that the Coachella tickets are already sold out. Didn't you uh, say they went on sale yesterday? That's ridiculous. Well, I like Woodsy. Something I'm just going to point out right now. We're basically just... No, no, no. No, it's... This episode is kind of funny because it's almost like this episode itself is a playlist. It's a playlist. Because we oh. talked about video games, we talked about old iPods, we talked about music festivals. That's cool. So, sure. Peter, yes. what, what, what other questions do you have? Yeah, what are the... let's, let's, let's get me off um, this topic or else I'll just keep listing bands. Let me think. So, I wrote down a few questions, but they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, how about, like, okay. I like this, this one. Do we as, I guess, music junkies t- uh, strictly choose songs that fit into a general purpose, or do we tend to be more lenient with our musical selection? For example, if you have, like, a chill-out playlist, might you throw in a handful... Of more upbeat songs. I tend to do that sometimes. Yeah. I, I do I do occasionally if I just don't care, but I'm usually kind of strict, especially when I'm trying to go within a genre. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to throw blues into an R&B playlist. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you might want to switch it up a little bit, especially if it has a similar sound to it, like a chill-out playlist. I might throw in some songs that are a little bit more upbeat and not quite in the same mood, but... Not completely on the other end of the spectrum, you know. Well, when you bring that up, it's interesting to me because I have like things like EDM playlists, and those can have a range of like mellow to like upbeat. Right. And then like my uh, favorite songs playlist I was telling you about. Yeah. My favorite songs can be anything from like super mellow to crazy dubstep, but when I play it, it's usually when I'm like want to be in a happier mood because it, it's a it's stuff I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as such like it can make me happy to be like listening to this super mellow thing and then all of a sudden like drop the bass <laughs> you know yeah peter have you ever dropped the bass ever do. <laughs> i have a question actually going off this slightly a lot of what, the, what we've been talking about with playlists is that there hasn't been a whole lot of variety within themselves for example like a chill out playlist or you know uh, an r&b playlist and there's not a whole lot of musical variety but i feel like the playlist especially now, with I think, well, I should say back when the advent of the shuffle function, you had the opportunity to switch up your music a lot instead of listening to one type of thing. I think one reason that playlists exist is that we do shuffle our, our types of music, because if you wanted to just listen to one artist, you would just listen to that artist. You wouldn't listen you know, to a playlist, because that would be kind of redundant. But do you think the advent of the modern playlist, and maybe more so of the shuffle function now, is kind of tailoring to our how society is kind of more almost ADD like because we want to hear different things all the time we don't like to stick necessarily that's, to one thing. 
That's a good point, because I was watching this documentary on, I think it was on Netflix, called Sound City. It was this documentary about this recording studio that was popular from, like, the 70s all the way through the 90s. But with the advent of digital, they basically went bankrupt, mm. because they would record a lot of stuff in, like, that old-school analog. Right. And some of the artists were talking about with the advent of digital music and the advent of playlists. People are more ADD with music, where, you know, they hear one famous song from one artist, and they take that song, and they put it in their playlist, and they never take the time to go and investigate that artist further mm-hmm. and look at their other songs and look at like you know their i guess li- this their catalog of music whereas older formats like eight tracks or records force you to do that because yeah. you are expected basically to listen through the entire album right in the past if you were like hey you should really listen to this one song by this one artist you'd have to lend them the cassette tape or record (laughs) and they'd have to listen all the way through they could like skip ahead to that song but then like why not listen to the whole thing you borrowed it already yeah yeah but now it's just like you know you just take a song you send it to someone as a youtube link or spotify or whatever and you're like oh that's awesome and then you take that song throw it into some playlist that fits into it and boom you're done you forget about it right so yeah, I think that's I think that's a little bit true. Like because music is so much more easily accessible in like you know bite-sized formats, so to speak. Yeah. It kind of hurts artists a little bit because then their lesser-known songs basically get completely forgotten. Like, yeah. Even, even if you look on Spotify, because Spotify gives like a a play count to their most popular songs. Mm-hmm. Some artists like their most popular song will have like a play count of like four million or something and then their second most popular will have a play count of like you know five hundred thousand yeah because that one song is really popular and no one gives a crap about anything else they did mm-hmm. so it's just it's funny that way yeah that's a good point stupid millennial generation ruining everything <laughs> yeah we were talking we said something before about how we like to, to switch up our music you know in general but also you i guess you brought up the point of at this point we don't even necessarily no artists for their whole library of music anymore it's more of just one or two single songs which kind of plays itself into the the playlist mentality especially if you're compiling many different artists you just pick out the best ones that you like from each each one and do it that way personally i try to avoid doing that although i find myself doing it because i don't like to say i like an artist but only know their one song yeah exactly that's why like if i hear a song by an artist on the radio and they mentioned that artist's name, I'll go and I'll try to specifically look up what, what other songs they have. Yeah. And I may not like everything, but at least rather than liking one, I'll like, you know, five or six. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah, the digitalization of music has been like a, a both a boon and kind of a bust for, for artists and for, I guess, music listeners in general. Yeah. Just because, you know, you have easier access to basically any song you could ever want to listen to. But then, because of that, we are so much more like Squirrel. With uh, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, with the stuff that we do listen to, because we're not forced to dig deeper into an artist's, I guess, works. Now, do you think neither one of these may be true? But I'll just put this out there. Do you think the concept of playlists has helped bring in that mentality, or do you think the shuffle, maybe like the shuffle function, for example, would have done done uh, more of that? If, I, if either one of those would even be responsible. You could say well, it would be the other way around, where those functions play, came the, from our want for that. Sort of. I think the, I think that, yeah, the shuffle function came from our want for playlist, because obviously I'm sure playlist probably came before shuffle. Yeah. Because playlist, you choose what songs you want to put in there, and then shuffle just allows you to randomly just go through them. Right. It allows you to kind of be more 
sporadic with your music tastes, but at the same time, it's still the music you're choosing to listen to. Yeah, it's not like the radio where it's a it's a form of shuffle, but it's you're not you're you're not the one choosing the song, so to speak. Right. What's what's interesting is the the fact that you say like, oh, people only want to listen to one song. Because of that, people will only buy one song and they'll only spend that ninety nine cents instead of buying the whole album. And so that's yeah, that's bad a good point. Business for the music industry. Yeah, that's that's why Apple yeah tried to reinvent it and then. I don't think I don't think record companies kind of realized how not good that was for them. Yeah, when they they were just like digital is the future. People can get the, the access to it faster, which is good for them. That means they can buy more, buy buy it faster instead of having to go to the store. Yeah, but at the same time, that also means they'll only buy like one song at a time or two songs or right. whatever instead of full album. Yeah, that's a good point. The ease of access also kind of hurts music producers because they're not. Being, forcing them to buy, you know, a twelve or fifteen dollar CD, they all can, they can buy a one dollar song if they don't like anything else on the CD. One one positive it's, thing though is that you don't have a lot of back end costs with digital because you basically just set up, you know, an MP3 yeah, format or whatever, no, and then that's you're done. You don't have to print. Yeah, there's know, no production costs. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the one positive thing that True. comes out of it. They they still have to pay for the like rights to put it up on the store and you know each purchase right. a certain amount goes to that store and and then the others yeah yeah I mean you are paying for infrastructure as well for you know the databases of all these music doesn't like kind of doesn't like ninety one percent of every song like go to Apple I heard or is that like a just a rumor I don't know it's less than that it's I, I but it's still a lot. I know with Spotify, I was reading, like, they have a thing where, like, obviously the more plays your song gets, it creates ad revenue for them, so they pay some of that back to the artists. But in order to be, like, even semi-profitable on Spotify, like, you have to have a song played, like, a million times to make, like, a $1,000 or something, Mm. which isn't a lot. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what they're here. Let me see. Spotify payment structure. Actually, well, while you're looking that up, can I ask another question? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay, so, because we've been talking about how people put less thought into the artists they choose and the songs they choose to listen to, so I guess it kind of goes without saying that people spend a lot less thought in their playlist now than they did, say, with the age of the mixtape, where I think one of the original purposes of the mixtape was you know, to make a group of songs, you know, for, say, your crush or somebody, maybe even just your friend. But I, I assume that with, with your limited capabilities and the more, more time it would take, to record that mixtape you would put a lot more thought into which songs to do especially if that person was special to you but now you can you know within five minutes put a couple hundred songs on a playlist if you wanted to it just seems kind of sad in that way that you basically don't have to put any thought into a playlist anymore oh here's a you could argue that here's an interesting graphic i found it's it shows the different formats and it says like this is the number of formats that a so an artist would have to sell monthly to earn the minimum monthly wage of one thousand. Oh, I think I've seen dollars. And for a CD, you have to sell one hundred and forty-three CDs, which to make is a profit a lot to make you know minimum wage. Hmm. But on Spotify, to make that one thousand one hundred and sixty-three dollars per month, you have to have four million plays. Wow, per month. Yeah, per month. That's a lot. So because I guess they earn one sixteenth of a penny for every play that they wow <laughs> jeez so it's like with the with the with the advent of streaming like last of am rhapsody spotify yeah it completely stacks that against the artists because they have to get so many plays just to earn right a decent amount of money whereas you know, well i couldn't sells... really see myself trying to earn a 
full living just through Spotify. Yeah. By itself. I mean, that. Yeah, no, that's why exactly that, you know, you go on Spotify, you go on Apple, you, you have a CD, you have a record, you, you all these different formats to reach as many people as possible. Right. Uh, it says here, if you to buy an iTunes album, which for like $10, you'd have to sell 3,871 of them. Per month. Per month. Wow. Which is about, what, 30 times more than a regular CD at the same price. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Well, because so much of that profit goes back to Apple, obviously. Right. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. Yay. Yay. Like, we're totally off topic now and just talking about basically musical revenue structure. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. Can you guys think of any more questions or topics? Or no. For the on topic? Well, I guess we did a pretty good job with it. Yay. So that was a good conversation. We went probably in about ten different directions. <laughs> like you said, it was a playlist episode. That's yeah. stuff was a playlist. Exactly. So we've been talking for quite a while now, so maybe we'll just stop ourselves here while we're ahead. But uh, if you listeners enjoyed our episode, and we will just assume you did, unless you tell us otherwise. Oh, be sh- oh they will tell us otherwise. <laughs> you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. <laughs> uh, we're f- called Funk Radio under the podcast section. I was just laughing because we were just talking about how iTunes is evil with yeah. taking in money, but we use but them. Like, but, but we do it for free. We do so we do do it for free, so Apple doesn't get money. our money. Yeah. <laughs> or your money, I guess I should say. Um, and also, Kyle, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we also have a Spotify account. That is for episodes where we play clips of songs and talk about them. We don't play the entire songs on the show, but through Spotify we can create playlists, of all things, of these songs so that you can listen to the full versions of the songs for free. And we're helping generate revenue for the artists. Yay. Yay. Even if it's one sixteenth of a penny. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think that's all we have. We don't have Twitter or anything. Thank God. My (laughs) My parents got Twitter. Is it and hashtag Kyle's Twitter. parents? I don't know what it is, but they use it to like follow celebrities and stuff that they like, and I'm just like, really? Uh-huh. I feel like the funny daddy because I don't have a Twitter, and they do. <laughs> Alex, thanks a lot for coming on and speaking with us today. No problem. It was my pleasure. Always yeah. cool having extra people on. And, I hope uh, back in the future. Yes. We should get you on when uh, Chromio releases their new album. You like Chromio, right, Alex? Yep. There you go. Bam. We still don't know. I, I keep looking for the release date, but I guess they haven't released the, the release they, date. I, th- I think they released another single, but don't quote me. They did, but they don't. They haven't said when the album is coming out. It's sometime, sometime this year. I think spring. Oh, okay. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that. And Alex, you're welcome to come on any other time as well. Um, I'll keep you posted for opportunities. And keep posting on Funk Radio all those awesome songs you find. Oh. Yes. So, okay. Um, Yeah, so this has been Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. And guest co-host, Alex. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope to talk for you again next time. Yes. We probably love you. That too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.